Welcome to the Bungla Cricket Podcast. I'm Roshan and thank you for continuing to download and listen to the podcast. Your support has made this the most listened to podcast about Bangladesh cricket in the world. Um, Alhamdulillah, we've had some great results in podcast charts across the world and that is entirely down to your support. So thank you and uh, we'll keep doing this podcast for as long as they let us. A bumper edition for you today. In a moment, we'll be speaking to Saif Hasnat to look ahead at the Bangladesh Premier League. But first, let's look back at Bangladesh's tour of New Zealand, where the Tigers got a 1-1 draw, including an historic win at the Bay Oval. Joining me to look back at that series is New Zealand-based cricket analyst Adam Bell. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. For Bangladesh, obviously, this is a great result. I said on Twitter this week, I said... There are very few occasions where Bangladesh will lose by an innings 117 runs. And I'll feel okay about it because we've obviously drawn <laughs> yeah. the series. It's a very <laughs> rare occurrence. But let's let's talk firstly about that kind of first test because that, that's where all the headlines seem to be at the moment. There are a number of reasons why it was a big win. But I think the context for me mainly was that in terms of Bangladesh's cricketing history as a test nation, the one thing that was left unticked was to go away and win against a big team. We, we'd won matches at home. We know we can win by playing spin-heavy attacks on turning pitches, but one of the big criticisms of Bangladesh was that they couldn't go away and do it in a country where there was pace and bounce, and they did it. And so I think that, for me, was a massive sense of relief in terms of Bangladesh's progress. How was the result taken, I guess, in New Zealand? I think most New Zealanders were in complete shock. I'm, I'm going to admit this. When when Bangladesh won the toss um, on the first morning, I actually said to my fiance Tazim, so I can't bet Bangladesh were going to win the test match. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm, actually, I'm actually, I actually, in all honesty, like from a New Zealand perspective, disappointed. I'm disappointed, but from a, my personal perspective, I was like kind of happy. I'm like, it's always great when you make a prediction, especially when it's so outlandish. Because I probably well, I, 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 I was I, I was speaking to Taz through the test match. She was like, I really wish I'd taken it more seriously at the time. <laughs> so it's fascinating that you maybe predicted that <laughs> Bangladesh might have got the win. I mean, in terms of that result, though, I think like from a Bangladesh perspective we had a terrible 2021 like honestly one of the worst we lost series against pakistan against west indies against sri lanka at the t20 world cup we were arguably one of the worst teams there and so a lot of bangladesh fans had started to panic because i think most people don't follow bangladesh cricket day in day out what they base their opinions of bangladesh on is what they see at big icc tournaments and the pr off the back of that world cup was so awful that i think a lot of bangladesh fans worried what impact it would have on countries wanting to host Bangladesh or tour Bangladesh or the commercial viability yep. of being involved in Bangladesh. You know, yeah. at the moment we get the kind of minimum obligation to test three one-day internationals, countries are in and out in three weeks. And so I think this New Zealand win came as a relief, actually. You know, I've had people ask me whether this gives us more kind of gravitas uh, uh, to, to go out and invite bigger teams or tour bigger teams. And I, I don't know if it does, because I think it was more of a relief than a celebration for me. And it was, you know, I, I did a preview before the, the series started and I was like, this is going to be pace bounce over in three days. You know, our opening yeah, our opening batsmen have 25 test matches between them. I was like, there's no way we're going to survive it. And, you know, when we toured New Zealand last year for the T20 in one day series, it was pace bounce. Everyone came home and sort of forgot because everyone started to focus on the World Cup. And I was like, well, yeah. we knew what was wrong, but we haven't really kind of done anything about it. So people might say Bangladesh dominated day one to five. But it was never, the result was never in the bag until it was in the bag. I mean, how, how was it from a New Zealand perspective watching Bangladesh play? Was it like, oh, we're the better team, we should, we should still turn this around? Um, 
look, I think it was a was a great performance by Bangladesh. And in terms of that first test match, it was played at Mount Monganui. And me and Tasneem Summer have always talked about if a team from Asia was ever going to beat New Zealand, it would be at Bay Oval because the pitch is a lot different than a lot of the other pitches in New Zealand. Like it's 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 a lot flatter. Um, it, obviously the weather is quite hot there, and and the pitches do tend to break up, so they're not necessarily the kind of you know the bouncy green seamers that you'd get um, in other parts of the country. And I, and, you, and you could actually see the the Bangladeshi fast bowlers were getting a lot of reverse swing, you know, especially yeah. in, in that second innings. And you can see that, like it really started to suit their bowlers more than the New Zealand bowlers who are generally seam up bowlers who try to nick batsmen men off. Mm. So in, in essence, I think that it was, a, I guess, a massive advantage for Bangladesh to actually be playing um, New Zealand at Mount Longanui. I think Pakistan really pushed New Zealand there last year. Um, so I think that any Asian sides coming to New Zealand shores in the future, I think realistically they should be negotiating a test match <laughs> at Bayobo. <laughs> Because I think out of all the other all the pitches in New Zealand, they're the ones it's the pitch that will likely break up and offer some spin. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Because actually, it, it did look almost at times like a different pitch. Like the way Abadat Hussain was kind of extracting that reverse swing with his sort of slightly kind of shorter length balls, um, particularly in that New Zealand second innings, was fascinating. Like it, it literally were was like the scorecards were the opposite of what I expected them to be. But take nothing away from Bangladesh. There was for me a kind of real sense of hope for the future because this Bangladesh team are in I guess a transitional period like in the next two years the kind of backbone of that team the players who we always talk about Shakib, Tami, Mushfik, Mahmudullah are not going to be there and this was quite a young Bangladesh side comparatively I think only Mushfik was the kind of only player from the last kind of decade who's, who's been in the team regularly and so Mominal Huck uh, captaining a relatively young side I think meant that everyone had to step up. People like Litton Das, two centuries in this series, really went, hang on, there's no safety net anymore. And I think that's what people yeah. like Shakib and Mushik have been for the last yeah. year. They, they've been our best players, but to maybe it's kind of some of the more, not new players, but kind of semi-experienced players, they've been a safety net. Take that away and everyone has had to step up. And I've never seen a kind of top order performance like that from Bangladesh. And it was it, impressive. Like the fact that we had runs in the, in the top three, I was expecting Mushfik and Rahim to have to walk in at like, Basically, had the second test scores of eleven for four or something. <laughs> yeah. It was an incredible performance because you've got to remember that, like Bangladesh, obviously were um, relative by Pakistan at home in that you know, forgettable um, test match just before you know the Christmas, and then go to go into to the MIQ in New Zealand. I think they had an extended stay there, um, and then also did not have Tamim and Shakib, and it makes the result even more incredible. Like seriously, I mean, this has to be one of the most impressive results I can think of from a touring team in New Zealand. Like, this was the first Asian team to beat New Zealand in, like, over a decade. And even, I've got to admit, as a New Zealand fan, I was, and I know that I said I predicted they would win, but I was I was, I was actually kind of happy to see how well they performed with all those obstacles against them, you know? Uh, I thought it was incredible. So then, off the back of the first test, it was business as usual then in the second, because that's sort of what we expected to happen in both tests. And only certainly I expected to happen in both tests. I mean, you must be absolutely thrilled with Tom Latham stepping in as captain and Devon Conway's progress in test cricket will start to test cricket, really. I mean, both both seriously, seriously impressive cricketers, right? I, I think it's always very difficult sometimes to put two really great um, performances back to back. And, and, and I can't think of... Um, two test matches that I've that I've witnessed where there's been such a stark difference in results. Um, obviously, I think Bangladesh, you know, dominated and, and ended up winning what by eight wickets in the first test, and, and then New Zealand crushed Bangladesh in that very first, uh, sorry, mm. the second test. 
I think once once Bangladesh won the toss, it kind of put a little bit of pressure on them. They've obviously done that at Mount Monganui in slightly different conditions, but then it's kind of like you, you're back doing it again. The bowlers obviously bowled their hearts out at, at the mount and, and probably were a little bit tired as, as well. And New Zealand wanted to play well for Ross Taylor's, you know, final test match. So there are a lot of things, um, obviously, that were in New Zealand's favour um, going into, into that second test match. Um, you know, you, you mentioned an inexperienced um, and Bangladesh especially side. And, you know, especially the fast bowlers in that very first test match, there were a lot of mm. energy would have gone into that. And, and, and I kind of wondered whether maybe... In, in terms of selection, another fast bowler could have been selected, someone that was just a bit more fresh, because, you know, we've seen a lot of modern cricket now, it's quite difficult to back up, and especially being on that high of winning in New Zealand, that very first test match, that would have been over the moon, it would have been quite difficult, not to say get motivated, but you, you're, you're kind of in cloud nine, aren't you? Um, and to back that up again, uh, would have always going to be um, a, tusk, a, a tough ask. Um, yeah, I think I think the, the team selection was interesting, I mean, in both matches, actually, um, when the, they announced the team for the first Test. I think we were all surprised to see about Hussein in there because you know he's, he's a good he's a good guy and he's a good player and a great story. Like I mean, his post match uh, interview when he got um, when he got given play of the match was was absolutely phenomenal. But I think we were surprised to see him in because you know we took six paces in our squad, which is for Bangladesh unheard of. Like that's a lot of fast bowlers, and 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 there were other options who maybe could have got a little bit more movement in the ball, namely someone like Abu Jayad Rahi. But then obviously Abadot returned the goods and was phenomenal in that first test, which I think then makes it a lot harder to change your team once you've just won for the second test. Yeah, and Mushfika Rahim was injured uh, and um Al Hassan Joy was injured. They brought in Mohammed Naeem, who basically has always only up to now been a T20 cricketer and they've put him at the top of the order uh, in a test match in you know, a completely different format. You know, And there was there were debates about whether it could have, should have been someone else because he is a quality cricketer, Mohamed Naim, young cricketer, great T20 cricketer, but he doesn't have the best first-class record. I think he averaged something like 16 or 17. And then further down the order, Mushfiq Rahim was injured and they replaced him with Nurul Hassan, who admittedly got runs. But what it meant is Bangladesh basically had three fast bowlers and then the fourth bowler was Mehdi Hassan Miraz, who I think they see as a kind of long-term replacement for Shaki, but quite literally... In this in this test match, and actually, it was quite difficult for Mehdi to get, I think, anything out of the pitch really. Yeah. And so, once you you needed to rest your two frontline bowlers, he had to come on, and he, you know, he bowled like quite a number of overs through that match. But I think it was probably a lot. So I think you're spot on. I think we needed probably an extra pacer actually, or another all rounder in, in that team just to give everyone a little bit of a break when they started to toil a little bit or or struggled to to, to get anything out of the pitch. Yeah, like Mehdi bowled. I'm just looking at the scorecard now: 31 overs. Only Tuscan Ahmed bowled more than him. That's quite a lot for, for, for yeah, you know, exactly. your one all rounder in the pitch. But like it is that Shakib sized gap that they've tried to fill with Mehdi. And I think we need to realize that that Shakib gap is a big gap, and maybe it will take two different players to, 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 to fill it. Um, I'm curious to know what the PR of Bangladesh like it is like in New Zealand at the moment, because I think there are some times when Bangladesh tour countries and it, it it's the match has happened because of admin, but I feel like New Zealand have always been great to Bangladesh. They've hosted, they've yes. toured, um, and they've had like actually a really, really lovely relationship. And you know, of, of the big nations, I know New Zealand widely have a, a kind of reputation of being the nice guys of cricket, but they've been particularly good to Bangladesh. And I think Bangladesh genuinely love them as a country to host and to tour. What's the kind of PR now? Does the, the series make Bangladesh somewhere that they'd like to have? 
more kind of series off or longer series off. Because actually, I think this this series maybe cried out for a third test, if I'm honest. It would be great to have a decider. I always think that New Zealand's always saw Bangladesh as being a bit of a, you know, a bit of a sleeping giant in, in world cricket, just because of the, obviously, the the population of, in Bangladesh and the actual love of cricket in Bangladesh, you know, akin to, you know, Sri Lanka, you know, when they first started and you saw their development and, you know, they obviously won the World Cup in 1996 and, and then that kind of started a generation of some really, really great players and, and, and a great team you know, through the late 90s and, and, and kind of early 2000s. So I think a lot of, of fans have always seen Bangladesh as being a side with so much talent and, and potential. Um, and it's more from a New Zealand perspective of their players just getting a bit more experience because the thing is playing in the pitches in Bangladesh is a lot different than playing pitches in New Zealand, you know, pitches that are, that are green and seeming a little bit different than, than pitches that are turning square. So I think this tour has really enhanced a lot of re- of the reputation of the, the Bangladeshi players in particular. I mean, Abadot in that very first test match bowled absolutely superb. You know, Tuskin, um, you know, again, he bowled his heart out in that very first test match. And I, I know they were crushed in the, in the second test match, but I think they can really hold their heads high. Um, they, I think they enhanced their reputation throughout the series. I think this, even in the second innings, I think there's a lot of fight. Um, even then when they were down, I know they, the first innings, they were capitulated for, for 120 odd. But I think in that, that second innings, they really showed a little bit of fight. And and I think going forward for Bangladesh, I think it's really important that they get some matches overseas, you know, if they are more matches mm. in New Zealand. And as you said, um, there has been a great relationship between New Zealand and, and Bangladesh over the years. I remember, um, I think just before um, Bangladesh became a test nation, they played a, a conference series against, you know, three New Zealand domestic sides. Mm. Um, and I remember back in the day when Habibol Bashar and, Mahmoud <laughs> Rafiq and and Khaled Mahmoud. I mean, that was that was. Oh, the main what a legendary lineup that was! Yeah, exactly. I mean, so you know, all those guys that, that kind of toured New Zealand, you know, in, in you know early two thousands, or was it before they became a, a test playing nation? Mm. New Zealand has always been there to kind of try to help Bangladeshi cricket back in those days before they were a test playing nation. And I think now it's really important that um, New Zealand and, and Bangladesh continue that relationship and New Zealand actually goes and tours Bangladesh because yeah, New Zealand absolutely. hasn't toured Bangladesh for a long long time I think it's it, it, it must have been what 2013 I think was the last for, time for New Zealand a full, toured full, I mean yeah bar, bar the yeah. kind of I guess the T20 series last year which like you know I, I think was kind of uh, arguably a kind of fudged <laughs> world T20 yeah, preparation yeah. we don't talk about that anymore but yeah you're right it's been a, been a little while um, and so I think I think if that relationship sort of grows and actually New Zealand sees it uh, as a credible place to tour or a credible country to host, that can only be a good thing. And I'm hoping also, like, there are some of our players, you know, the players who kind of, the bowlers particularly, who who were kind of so resourceful and so useful in this series, are players who maybe don't get the opportunity to kind of play on these sort of surfaces or, you know, move the ball in the way, you know, if you're playing at home in Bangladesh, chances are we're not going to play three paces all the time. That, that's the kind of, like, it's the conditions. That, that's that's sort of the fact of it, I guess. And so I think for players like Tuscan and Abada and Abajaya, it would have been great for them to rub shoulders with some of the New Zealand bowlers and have chats and get a few tips and that kind of thing. I think that's actually probably really, really kind of constructive for, for the Bangladesh team. And there's been conversations now of maybe creating a kind of a slightly more sporting pitch in somewhere like Silla. And I think it's given Bangladesh the confidence that they can go away and win. They can play on surfaces that aren't low and turning and playing with a spin-heavy attack. And I think that is a, a big thing that we've needed to sort out and a big confidence we've needed. And I hope that we're able to kind of nurture our, our paces and not sort of just put them in the cupboard until the next time they need to tour somewhere <laughs> that has slightly quicker pitches or greener pitches. And, and so I think 
in terms of Bangladesh and their forward planning, hopefully this series will have instigated a few conversations because I think I think this team are particularly good, but they're young players and we need to invest in them and look after them and nurture them. And I hope plans are being made to, to, to be able to do that. Let's um, briefly talk about Ross Taylor. I mean, obviously announced his retirement at the start of this series. So he's got a couple more one days to come, but these were his final test matches. Um, lovely scenes when, when Bangladesh gave him that guard of honour. Here's my question. If Ross Taylor didn't have a couple of matches to go and this second test was his absolute last, last, last test match, would New Zealand have enforced the follow-on or would they have given him one more bat? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a, I, I, that's a tough question. I, I think it's a shame that he didn't get at least one more chance to bat. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, is getting a final, is getting a wicket in your final test match, does that beat like getting a hundred? I mean, I, I don't know. I quite like it as a novelty. I mean, there were brilliant scenes. I mean, I, I was sort of half awake at probably like three o'clock in the morning over here, but wonderful scenes, actually. The celebrations were brilliant. And actually, I'm glad. I'm glad that like, you can't write those sort of things. I know that's a commentary cliche, but it was such a lovely moment. I mean, it was incredible to see the respect that the Bangladeshi players had for Ross Taylor and, you know, the stuff that moment all said in, in the press conference was so from the heart. You know, it was literally, we're going to miss you. And actually that got me because I know he's like a legend of New Zealand cricket and I know New Zealand will miss him, but to see his impact across the world and particularly amongst the Bangladesh camp, you know, I I don't know a single player who didn't get a photo with him afterwards for their Instagram feeds. So, I mean, as far as test match send off for Ross Taylor, I mean, probably as as, as good as it could get, I guess. And and now you've got a final few matches with him to, to sort of properly, probably send him off. But I mean, he's been a fantastic servant for New Zealand cricket, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For the last, what, 10, 12, 15 years, he's been absolutely incredible in, in the black cap shirt. And he will go down as one of New Zealand cricket legends. Um, it, it's a shame that his test career, for me, has kind of petered off in the last year or so. And um, I was a little bit surprised when he announced his retirement from test cricket, um, you know, a few weeks ago. That you know, He said that, that the Bangladesh series was going to be his last series. I thought that maybe he might um, have stuck around for the South African series. But um, maybe he knows that Kane Williamson is going to come back and, and maybe he knows that his, his place in the test team would have been under threat, especially because Conway and Will Young have been playing so well recently. Um, but yeah, I, mean, well, I, I was going to ask, what, what happens? Does, does Conway just shuffle into that number four position? or just... Yeah, I think Conway goes to four. I think Will Young has been batting well at, at the top of the world. I think he stays there. Um, I think that's kind of how they'll look at it. And saying that, um, you know, Conway got a double century on test debut and new batting, so... Um, you know, I, I guess it is what you could put him back there, but I think his natural position more is in the Malorda. I heard someone discuss the possibility of Kane Williamson batting at number four and then Conway batting at three because Conway's um, best position is three. But I, I doubt that would ever happen. I mean, you're moving Kane Williamson, who's probably the one of the best number threes in the world, to number four it doesn't kind of make sense. Yeah, it feels like change for the sake of change. And, and believe me, as um, when you mentioned Habib al-Bashar, uh, it's probably the most regular Bangladesh number three that we've had. And since then, it's always been chop and change, chop and change, chop and change. So if you've got a good number three, I say stick with it and don't change it for the sake of changing it. Adam, thank you so much for catching up with me. It's been really, really brilliant having you on the podcast today uh, and looking back at a historic series of Bangladesh, um, winning a test match in New Zealand, drawing the series overall. Like I say, we might have lost the second match by... Um, an innings and 117 runs, but I, this is the happiest you'll ever see me after an innings defeat. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Rosham. Much appreciated. New Zealand-based cricket analyst Adam Bell, they're looking back at Bangladesh's tour of New Zealand. 
Next, we turn to the Bangladesh Premier League. This is Bangladesh's marquee T20 franchise tournament. There are six teams playing 34 matches to become the Bangabandhu BPL T20 champions. Joining me to look ahead at the series, it's friend of the podcast, regular guest, Saif Hasna, cricket journalist at the United News of Bangladesh. Saif, thank you so much for coming back and joining us on the podcast once again. Thank you very much, Roshan. Well, it was great to join you once again in our podcast. And I heard that your podcast is doing very well throughout the world and it's really amazing and congratulations for that. Uh, Alhamdulillah, no, thank you for your support, Saif. You, you know, the likes of yourself giving up your time to come on the podcast and talk to us from thousands of miles away it, it, we've created a community and i honestly i love it i love you know cricket twitter during matches i love chatting to people like yourself across the world so thank you for being part of uh, uh, the podcast um so the bpl is back after two years and it's an interesting one because i'm glad to see t20 cricket back in bangladesh safe but it feels sometimes if i'm honest a little bit hard to follow which teams are coming back which teams are there um, there are six teams this time around. The defending champions aren't in it, so we're definitely going to have a new team. And it feels like, even though I'm excited about the BPL and I'm glad that Bangladesh are going to have a domestic T20 tournament once again, a lot of the reception I've read on Twitter, in the news, and the press seems to be a little bit disappointed or frustrated about, about the BPL and the organisation. I mean, what's the mood in Bangladesh around the BPL? Is there excitement or are people a bit cynical? I think uh, the, the excitement in the fan and the people is not much like it was before in the previous seasons because every time BPL takes place, we see some new teams come and when, when a team don't play a few seasons, then they lost the, their fan base. So there is no fan base because the teams kept changing every time. There is no core, core teams in any squad. So this is the main reason behind people losing the interest. And it's hard to even sometimes follow the team because the team names keep changing. I think Silet are now called the Silet Sunrisers. That name's changed several times. Even I think Dhaka until, until this week didn't have a, a, a franchise name. I think now they've been named after their sponsor's minister. So it's, sometimes it is quite hard to, to keep up and follow a team. It's not like the IPL where the teams have been called the same thing from the, from the inception of the tournament. Exactly. And the Chattogram also. They have hmm. uh, Chattogram Kings, Chattogram Challengers, Chittagong Vikings. So when a team keeps changing their name, it's really hard to follow them. And you don't know if the current teams will continue in the next season. For me, I think the BPL is a good thing because the state of T20 cricket for the national team is not in a good place. And so I thought in a positive way that having a T20 franchise tournament in Bangladesh with some, not a lot, of international stars would be a good thing. Because for me, what's happened in the past, Saif, is that we hire a lot of international players. They come and they dominate the BPL. Our local players don't really gain anything from it. And so I thought when I looked at the squads this time around, I thought we've got some good players in there. You know, we've got people like Moeen Ali, we've got Chris Gale. And surely that's some international influence which should benefit our team. But it feels like people are a little bit cynical of the players and the squads. Um, I think I feel like almost people on Twitter when I look through Twitter and social media, unimpressed by the squads. Um, and I think there's an expectation that the BBL should be drawing the big names and being like the IPL. For me, I don't think that's what we should be aiming for. I think we should be aiming for something that helps progression of our national side. What's your feeling and thoughts on the squads and the recruitment of players? Do you think it's it's healthy? It would have been better if we have uh, more international players that uh, 
if our young players can get a chance to share a dressing room with the big players big international players that will definitely help them but i think when our young players get chance it is also helping our uh, t20 team you you mentioned already that t20 stats of the bangladesh national team is not that good so it's a good platform for the young player to prove their mettle and get prepared for the next phase of uh, t20 cricket so so it's a good chance for the young player i think and you obviously saw the squads we have many young players who just came to this stage after playing under 19 level cricket so so they got a great platform to prepare themselves for the next phase of t20 cricket yeah i think the bcb have recognized the need to develop local talent which is why now there's a maximum of three overseas players in the match which i think is really good because it means you're prioritizing quite heavily local players in terms of the squads and and who we think uh, are going to do well in this tournament i mean which which of the teams stand out so we've got teams from chattagram camilla barishal kulna dhaka and silet for me yeah. i think that i mean chattagram are my you know my parents hometown so i feel a natural affinity towards chattagram i think they've got a very good well balanced yeah. squad um and then i guess camilla victorians have the kind of the best marquee international players with faf moeen sunil nareen dhaka then have I guess kind of legendary Bangladeshi players, Mohammad Alatami, Mashrafi in there. Yeah. So I think it's a yes. kind of it's going to be an interesting tournament. I mean, which, which squads or which teams are looking like they might be favourites? Who 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 are people backing? If if you look at the squad of Kumilla Victorians, they have fair Imrul Kais. Both both are very much experienced guys. Imrul Kais played a lot of cricket in Bangladesh, and he has also uh, played for the national team. and in the recent recently concluded national league uh, the bcl longer version and bcl 50 over tournament he played really well so it's a great chance for imbul kais to prove his mettle once again in cricket they also have mominul hog and you mentioned the name of uh, moin ali from england and cameron delford uh, liton dash is also in kumilla victorians he has played superb in new zealand so liton das in form can ruin the opponent ruin any 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 kind of bowling lineup and one thing that make kumilla different from other other teams is they have a good management so, so mahmud saluddin's coach right mahmud saluddin who, yeah. who who is a, yeah. a, a, a yes. legendary local yes. coach isn't he exactly and 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 you obviously know that steve rhodes also joined this team as a consultant so kumilla has a strong management and they also have a uh, balanced squad so i think kumilla has a good chance to win this tournament and at the same time you can't rule out the chance of portun borishal they have shakibal hasan and chris gale obviously it's true that chris gale is not dangerous as he was a few years ago still in his own day he can he can also turn the game at any moment and you know nazmul hasan shanto is also in borishal joan bravo they have mujibur rahman from afghanistan and taizul when a t20 tournament or any any format of cricket in bangladesh and you have some good quality spinners then you have mm-hmm. a good chance mujibur rahman is here taizul is here for borishal so kumilla and borishal according to me as i understand they have a good chance to lead the trophy in this season of bpl and at the same time you you talked about chatagram if you look at the squad of chatagram they have a young team they they prioritize the young talent and at the same time they have sabir 
Afif Hussain, Mehdi Hassan Miraj. So, so if you look at the squad of Chattagram challengers, they have a talented bunch of local cricketers. So, if you want to understand how Bangladesh will do in future in T20 cricket, you have to look at this squad because all the players Chattagram have, uh, I think, in in future next stars. six months or one year, will surely advance to the national team. I think it's going to be actually a very good tournament and I know that the BPL always comes with criticism if people will complain about the broadcast quality people will complain about the lack of stars um, I know um, there's no DRS in this tournament which okay is a fair criticism of a big tournament they probably should have invested in DRS if I'm honest but I feel like I'm, not, I'm hoping that as soon as it starts people will become excited by it and become people will become in, involved in it um, are, are fans allowed to go to stadiums or is it still empty stadiums? According to the latest update, as the BCBCU has told us, they are not sure about the spectators in the stadium yet because uh, a restrictive mode to curb the speed of coronavirus. So, so it's not sure uh, if they will allow fans in the stadium. That's fair enough. I mean, obviously, COVID and the pandemic is still uh, sort of exactly. raging through through Bangladesh at the moment, and so safety first. It's it's definitely the right exactly. option to make. Away from the BPL, just a quick nod to some of the other cricket that's happening with the Bangladesh team at the moment. The under-19s are defending their World Cup title. Um, they are uh, playing currently in the West Indies. Now, they lost the first game at the time of uh, recording this against England, but uh, they're in the same group as United Arab Emirates, England and Canada. So I'd expect them to win the next two games against UAE and Canada and proceed to the next round. So good luck to our young Tigers. And also happening in Malaysia at the moment, um, the Bangladesh women's team are attempting to qualify for the Commonwealth Games. So they are in a group with Sri Lanka, Scotland, Malaysia and Kenya. The top team from there will qualify for the Commonwealth Games cricket in Birmingham, which I believe will take place in a T20 format. Now they are currently top of the group, having won both their opening matches. Um, so good luck to our women's team. Hopefully it be amazing to see our girls playing in the Commonwealth Games, going for a Commonwealth medal in Birmingham this summer. So good luck to both our under-19s and our women's team who are uh, fighting out for Bangladesh cricket in their respective tournaments. Saif, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great having you back on. Thank you very much, Roshan Ray. It was great to join your podcast once again. And thank you to Adam Bell, who joined us earlier on to look back at Bangladesh's tour of New Zealand. If you'd like to get in touch with us at all, we have an email address, podcast at bangladeshcricket.co.uk or find me on Twitter. My name is in the podcast descriptions. Just just search it and join our uh, Twitter conversations that we always have whenever the cricket is on. And we'll see you very soon.